What's good, what's good? Show number four. Doing okay. So far, hopefully, I guess. This show, I'm going to waffle about the real pensions crisis, which comes in the form of debt. As we speak in the UK, there is roughly £10.4 trillion worth of pension debt in the public and the private sector. That's nearly four times the size of the whole UK economy. Our current GDP, the UK GDP, is currently at £2.7 trillion. Pension debt, £10.4 trillion. When we look at it from the public debt point of view, our public debt is currently stands at £2.4 trillion. So, our pen, so the pension bill, public and private, is 4.3 times larger than the UK public debt bill. When it comes to debt compared to pension debt, our public debt is just a picnic in the park. Now, total pension debt figures from ONS, the unfunded state pension liabilities currently stands at 5.5 trillion. Four years ago, at the end of 2018, that stood at 4.8 trillion. So that's an increase of 700 billion pound over the last four years. 4.8 trillion pound in 2018 and 5.5 trillion now. Public sector employee pensions, DB pensions, defined defined benefits, funded and unfunded, that bill comes to £1.9 trillion. Private sector employee pension debt, that's set to break £3 trillion by 2023. So currently as we speak, the total pension debt bill, public and private, that currently stands at £10.4 trillion. Now, a dangerous time bomb within this bill, that comes in the form of the insured DB pensions. Defined benefit pensions are currently insured. They're insured via bulk annuities and longevity swaps. Both bulk annuities and longevity swaps, they now insure £1.1 trillion worth of pensions. By 2030, that's going to hit £2 trillion. Now, why is this a time bomb? Bulk annuities are simply insurance policies for pension funds. They won't call it insurance because finance bros tend to use long words and gargantuan idioms. Insurance companies are the main sellers of bulk annuities. So as we speak, there are many, many insurance firms in London, UK and globally There are many, many firms currently insuring people's pensions, mainly for market volatility, movements, and worst case comes to worst, default. These insurance companies are taking on massive amounts of risk. The exact same thing applies to longevity swaps, which is also a form of insurance. A longevity swap is a longevity derivative. Both Bulk annuities and longevity swaps are forms of insurance. So bulk annuities, longevity swaps equals insurance. The time bomb is when the pension funds go belly up. These sellers of insurance will be forced to pay out the money to the pension funds that they've insured if they do go belly up. Now let's say 2% of all insured pensions 2% of those pensions go into default 
That's £20 billion in payments that will hit the insurance industry. 5% default rate, that's a £50 billion hit. See where this can end up? A 20% default would crash the whole insurance sector because it will be hit with £200 billion of payments required because they've insured pension funds. 20% of those pension funds that they've insured have gone under. That converts into £200 billion worth of payouts required. The higher the default rate, the more money that will be required to pay the pension funds. So if default rates break a certain threshold, insurance firms may not have the money to pay out. So they'll have to declare bankruptcy. The next stage, and this isn't a rarity, it's happened before, 14 years ago, 2008, with AIG. Now the next stage, the pension funds, that these insurance companies have insured, they will have to book massive losses, and that could result in potential bankruptcy for the pension funds that haven't gone into default. They just have to book losses because the insurance companies that have insured their pensions can't no longer insure those pensions, so they have to book losses and or import risk. The insured pension funds that don't go under, they will import hundreds of billions of pounds of risks onto their books. They have to do this because they are no longer insured, so the outsourcing of risk to insurance companies is imported back to the pension funds. They sold the risk to an insurance company, but that insurance company is gone, so the fund is no longer insured against default. If you pay an insurance company money to insure your car, and that company goes under, and you have a crash, that company will not be able to pay you, because it no longer exists. If these events happen, the next stage would be pension funds selling off hundreds of billions of pounds of bonds and stocks. They'll do this because they will have to reduce risk, because they've just recently imported more risk. And pension funds are required to only take on a certain amount of risk. Now, why? Because the funds, pension funds use debt to buy assets. So reducing the debt load directly reduces the risk. However, the fire sale of the bonds will cause a bond crash like what we see seven weeks back with Liz Truss's mount manoeuvres. It will also cause a stock market crash. These two crashes will exacerbate the problem more because asset prices fall during fire sales. So pension funds will have to revalue their assets at lower values. This will add more fuel to the fire. The fire sale will push up interest rates on gills. And then the time bomb could create a contagion that enters the housing and mortgage market and puts at, and hits um and the government is hit with more payments on the interest on the debt that they currently hold. Then we witness major systemic risk playing out, a domino effect risk triggered by just a few insurance companies going under. That's the form of insure, that is systemic risk. This happened before in 2008. AIG insured hundreds of billions of pounds of mortgage bonds, also known as mortgage-backed securities. When many of these bonds went bust in 08, AIG was forced to pay out money on the bonds that they've insured. They couldn't pay out a lot of this money. And then after a while, 
AIG ran out of money. And at the end of 2008, the US government provided AIG with an $80 billion bailout package. In return, they took an 80% stake in the company. If the US government didn't bail out AIG, the whole financial system would have gone crazy. Global banks would have had to book billions upon billions of losses. And they would have all had to do this on the same day of AIG going under. The result? Financial Armageddon. What many folk don't realise is that AIG, back in 2008, that was far, AIG was far, far more detrimental and important to the system than Lehman Brothers. Lehman, go, Lehman Brothers going under affected many banks, but AIG going under would have affected a lot more banks. So the scenario I just mentioned, it isn't a deeply improbable event. It literally happened 14 years ago. Uh, back to the pension time bomb. You may ask yourself, but why don't these state pension liabilities show up in our public finances? If the state, and this doesn't include private sector pension debt, if the state has 7.4 trillion in pension, unfunded pension liabilities, government and public sector pensions, and the state also has 2.4 trillion pound in public debt, why is our public debt figure currently 2.4 trillion and not 9.8 trillion? The public debt plus the pension debt. The reason being why that is is because of a little accounting trick called off balance sheet liabilities. The state pension debt that I speak of, it is off balance sheet. So it's not an entry in the UK balance sheet. So it won't show up in our public debt figures. The 7.4 trillion state pension liability entry is an off-balance sheet liability. As an equity trader, it's one of my jobs to look into a company that I intend to buy, or even short. And one of the many things I must assess is a company's off-balance sheet liabilities, if I can find them. Because a lot of companies can hide a lot of their debt off-balance sheet, meaning they haven't got to disclose it to shareholders. Companies that hold a lot of off-balance sheet liabilities, that's a red flag. Because one day, those liabilities may come to fruition, and they will come to fruition. Lehman Brothers, RBS, Northern Rock, even BHS and Carillion, they all had large amounts of off-balance sheet liabilities. Here's a crazy fact. January 2008 to June 2008, over six months, Lehman, Lehman, before they went bank, bankrupt, Lehman Brothers took advantage of an accounting loophole called Repo 105. This loophole outsourced $50 billion of liabilities and they were put off balance sheet. One accounting trick and poof, just like that, $50 billion went off Lehman Brothers' balance sheet. Four months after the L Lehman Brothers repo 105, they declared bankruptcy with $700 billion of debt. Moral of the story, off-balance sheet liabilities equals fire. So UK pension debt being off-balance sheet is fire, fire, fire. Because state pensions aren't contractual obligations, they don't have to be entered into the UK government's balance sheet. Why? Because there's no contractual obligation between you and the government. When did we sign a contract with the government stating that they must pay our pensions because we're paying taxes into the system? There's none. 
It's a promise, not an obligation. And promises do not show up on balance sheets. If I die tomorrow, the state pension liability to me, which is an off-balance sheet liability, that vanishes. There is no liability. When we pay into the system, we pay off other people's pensions. Part of my taxes now goes towards paying off current pensioners. Does it go into a fund and pay to me when I retire? Oh, that's a myth. Future, future taxpayers will pay mine and your state pension. We won't pay it into the system ourselves. Most people, more people need to understand this, I believe. Layered on top of this pension problem is also the triple lock. The triple lock is by far the biggest accumulator of debt within the UK. If we don't act boldly and swiftly when it comes to pension debt, we will replay the events of the 30s. Except this time, it will be far, far more severe. If we don't act now, we won't have a pension system by the end of the next decade. The law of maths is universal, and no human can defy the law of maths. If we have a raging period of inflation, that is going to completely and we still have the triple lock in place, that is just going to completely make unfunded pension liabilities go through the roof. I understand this. Many finance people also understand this and see this coming. And the UK pension management stroke services industry is now Britain's largest industry. That's how big this is getting. Sadly and depressingly, I accept it that I won't receive a state pension. I'm a millennial and I won't be eligible for a state pension for another 31 years. I hope that I'll get it, but currently I accept that I won't. Or if I do, it's going to be completely debased and devalued. What's the solution to this? Because we can't just talk about the problem. Now, I ain't no politician and I wouldn't become a politician if you pay me six figures for it. It's a dirty business based on cronyism and lies. I'm a crap liar, so I wouldn't last five minutes, and I talk the talk, and I talk the truth too much. And in politics, that naff gets you in trouble. But let's say the government asks me to help fill the current sixty billion pound black hole that they're trying to fill with the tax cuts, uh, with the spending cuts, and the upping of taxes that they've just ena- uh, enacted with the autumn budget. We don't need to up taxes and enact spending cuts, in my opinion. So the government says to me, yo, Mike, so, then tell us how, how you'd fill this black hole. Come on, Billy Big Bollocks. Now, I'd say, you know what, it's quite easy. So let's look at our economy. There's three million millionaire pensioners who are all set to receive £20,000 over the next, throughout 2023 and 2024 in state pensions. One in four OAPs currently have more than one million pound in wealth. This converts into three million OAPs. The Intergenerational Foundation report stated that three million one hundred and thirty-seven thousand OAPs all hold more than one million pound in wealth. This wealth includes property, stocks, bonds private equity in the form of SME ownership and many other types of alternative assets. Even crypto. All of these, well, most of these will be providing returns. Just a 3% return on investment converts into a 30k payment per year on £1 million worth of wealth 
or more. 27% of OAPs are currently in this bracket. So, this being the case, why don't we halt state pensions to these 3 million millionaires? Or why don't we halt them throughout 2023 and 2024? Our annual state pension liability for next year it currently stands at roughly £110 billion. So, 27% of £110 billion, that's £29.7 billion. We times that by two years, that comes to £59.4 billion. That fills a black hole. This one policy fills a black hole and we won't have to up taxes and enact spending cuts because 3 million millionaires fund the black hole from a wealth pot worth north of 3.1 trillion pound sounds like a good sustainable policy and it's only temporary this a policy affects zero workers and only millionaires fund the whole now i don't i'm not really one of those people who are against wealth i admire wealth and i believe the country should admire wealth and money more because we can start making more of it then which will be good for the country's pocketbook. If this country was a business, this the policy which I mention of, that would be the equivalent to cutting golden pay packages for executives and ending or cutting dividends for shareholders. And those happen regularly in the business world. If a business loaded up with costs, if a business is loaded up with debt and the costs exceeds a revenue within that business then at some point that business will have to reevaluate its position it's holding a lot of debt and it's taking less money than what it's receiving so it's not making no profit and if that business revaluates its finances but still can't fulfill its obligations or enter, pro- enter into a prof- period of profit then that business is effectively bust the same thing applies to an economy on an emotional note it's worthy to ask, in what world is it fair when multi-millionaire pensioners receive the same pension payout as pensioners living on the breadline? I don't think that's fair. I think most people who listen to this will believe that that's not fair. One man with zero money in the bank receiving the same state pension as a man owning seven to eight figures of wealth. That is what I call ultra wealth inequality. So how can we as a country look at a, look at this system and deem it as sustainable? Surely the term living within your means still matters. On to the triple lock again. Now the triple lock, as I mentioned, is something that is very, very dangerous in my opinion. It's a very, very economically dangerous policy it's madness the triple lock at 10.1 percent means an extra 10 billion pound in payments to oaps which as i mentioned 27 percent of them are millionaires 10.1 percent on the current unfunded pension liabilities that converts into 700 billion pound of unfunded pension liabilities due over the next 75 years but it doesn't matter because this won't show up here on our balance sheet. 
It's a joke. If we have double-digit inflation for the next five years, and I don't think we are going to, and we're not going to have double-digit inflation for the next five years, well, in my opinion, we're not going to. And let's say that we do have double-digit inflation for the next five years, and we do keep the triple lock in place, our state pensions will go, our state pension liabilities will break the £10 trillion, including private pensions on top of that. Thirteen point five trillion. That's how dangerous the triple lock is. For all the money in the world, I cannot see or fathom why the triple lock has lasted this long. The triple lock won't defy the law of math, so it's going to eventually get abolished. Get abolished, or something radically radical has got to happen. My generation won't get pensions under the triple lock. That's what I believe. It's quite apparent, to be fair. We're sitting here with over ten point four trillion of unfunded pension liabilities and debt. Yet the UK only has just over three trillion pound in total pounds circulating within our economy. Gosh knows how we're going to sort this. Remember when we had the recent market movement that was triggered by Leeds Trust and a mad manoeuvre? That triggered a pension crisis, and the BRV had to step in to stave off the problem. This was an example of what's to come. When the next financial crisis comes, I personally believe we will have a pension crisis. What mortgages done to the banking system in 2008, pension debt will do the same throughout the next financial crisis. So at this time, it won't cost £60 billion like seven weeks back. It will be far more severe and it will happen very, very quickly. I doubt what I speak of will happen within this decade or even the beginning of the next decade. There's a hell of a lot of debt out there, but it can still grow a lot more. So from an investor's point of view, that's for down the line. Our job now is to look for value and opportunity and look forward to tomorrow and the next year. But for me, I've come to terms that I won't receive a state pension. Maybe I'm wrong and I do hope I'm wrong, but I can't see it happening. So as a backup, my personal plan has been to buy a physical gold and silver. I'll treat them as a complete separate pension outside of governmental control. Obviously, I've got an equity pension and a portfolio, blah, blah, blah. I have two types of pensions and one is a backup to the state pension. I don't intend to retire when, well, I don't intend to retire. And I'll turn 70 in 34 years time in the year 2056. Well, might not even be as the way things are currently going. 30 years ago, gold was priced at £240 an Oz. Today, it's 1500 quid an Oz. Metals are inflation-proof because they hold intrinsic value and are a fixed supplier. So to me, that's a good thing, especially if I'm holding for the next three decades. It depresses me a lot when I see what's happening within our economy, when I look at the pension crisis. From a young whippersnapper, my old man said to me, always said to me, Mike, people hate the truth. And you know what? That's very true. I hate the truth. I do. I bury my head in the sand a lot of times. But rejecting the truth on a macroeconomic level is very dangerous. So I think that there's a balance required. Negativity countered with positivity. The depressing truth exposes a deep crisis within our economy, but a crisis is also an opportunity, to be fair. That's what I believe. And previous crises 
have proven to be opportunities. Hopefully the pension crisis can also bring opportunities, whether it's in the 2030s or the 2040s. Gosh knows how, but it probably will in one way or another. But hopefully it does. Until then, all we just do is dance until the music stops playing. And the music won't stop playing any time this decade. They've printed way too much money, so the cracks have been filled. But the filler can only last so long. Right, I hope you enjoyed my show and my waffling on the pension crisis. Next week, I've got Lewis Harding, chartered accountant and equity investor. So keep your eyes peeled for that. We're going to talk a lot about our 2023 predictions, what we're buying, what markets we're looking at. We're going to give our little opinion on the economy and certain industries, both myself and what Lewis are looking at. So, yeah, keep your eye out. So until next time, have a prosperous and productive period. Peace.